liked that, did you? That's one of my favorite songs to listen to in October. I first heard it back in 96 when my parents bought the soundtrack to the X-Files TV show because it was 96 and everybody was into the X-Files. And I guess they just did some compilation album with a bunch of songs that evoked the right feeling. And ever since then, I've associated it with uh, scariness and Halloween and alien abductions and whatever. So there it is. Happy November, everybody. We made it to the end of October. What other choice did we have? I mean, considering the alternative was not all that optimistic. Uh, yeah, here we are. And boy, oh boy, have I read a truckload of books. But as with all the months this year where I read a lot, and in this case I read 14, um, about half of them were in print, but a lot of those, let's see, one, two, three, four, five were graphic novels, and those are just always going to read faster. So without further ado, here we go. Book number 110 on the year was Atomic Robo number 8 by Brian Clevenger, um, The Savage Sword of Dr. Dinosaur. Uh, I've plugged this series before. I totally love it, uh, but the last two installments or so were kind of a vacation from the tone that had been set in the first uh, five. It wasn't as jovial. It, it didn't jump around as much chronologically. Which is fine. It's not like you got to get into a rut, but I just don't. I I didn't really enjoy what he did instead as much. But this one really got back on pace because uh, Atomic Robo has an excellent, perfect villain in Doctor Dinosaur. So definitely check that out. Um, Dragon Ro Dragon Ro Dragon Watch number three, Master of the Phantom Isle, by Brandon Mole. Uh, that was another good course correction in the series where I wasn't a massive fan of how book two ended, but book three, uh, you know, picked it up and redeemed it and gave it life again. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's a graphic novel by Alan Moore. You might remember the movie from 2003 with Sean Connery. Uh, legend has it that Sean Connery picked that movie because he had originally been offered the role of Morpheus in The Matrix and he turned it down because he didn't understand it. And then he was offered the role of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, and he turned that down. And both those movies went on to be huge. So when somebody ordered, offered him the role of Alan Quartermain in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he took it, and the movie was not commercially successful, but I freaking love it. And so I decided to finally get around to reading the comic. And uh, while it was really strong on drawing on... Uh, British literary characters and, and so forth and making really cool uh, references that kind of re reward fans of, of literature. It it didn't take long for it to kind of devolve into, um, how, how can I say this? I mean, I don't like watching sex scenes in movies. I don't like watching them on TV. I certainly don't want to read about them in books and definitely don't want to read about them in comics or something about that that's just like an extra level of abrasive to the eyes and uh it being an alan moore comic it it goes that route and so for me it's one of those rare cases where the movie was better um started out strong but it just everything was rape and sex and rape and sex and i got maybe maybe like 15 percent into it and i was like you know screw this so i bailed um the faceless ones by Derek landy that was the third book in skullduggery pleasant 
Excellent read. Uh, Courtney Crumrin and the Night Things, Courtney Crumrin and the Coven of Mystics, and Courtney Crumrin and the Twilight Kingdom. All awesome books. Um, I've got the fourth one on hold of the library as we speak. Montaigne in Barn Boots by Michael Perry. My brother recommended that one to me. That would be uh, Dr. Farmer, which just makes sense because this is a book that's a, a, a blue-collar farmer type talking about a philosopher named Montaigne. Um, some interesting insights, some points that would bring up good discussion. A lot of stuff that I kind of already you know think or agree with, other ways that uh, other discussion themes that I've already uh, you know kind of had on my own maybe would be interesting to discuss with somebody of a different mindset than myself but really it's just a it's a modern day farmer guy who read a, a several hundred years dead frenchman and thought oh I, i'm a kindred spirit with this guy and here's what he thought and here's what i think now it was fine um a season with the witch by jw Auker. this is a guy who decided to go spend the entire month of october in like 2014-2015 in salem massachusetts because everybody's like not so crazy over it um to the point where like the police and the firefighters have badges on their shoulders with emblems of witches on brooms i mean obviously it's everywhere because of the history of the place but he was kind of wondering why on earth it's managed to stick as well as it has why why people are still you know celebrating or reveling in or studying the salem witch trials because uh, and apparently I didn't I didn't know this. I mean, my view of the Salem witch trials is colored by what I learned in eleventh grade English or American literature when we studied you know the Crucible. But um, not only was the Salem witch trials not the biggest witch trial in America, it also wasn't the first. It also didn't have the highest casualty rate. Um, apparently, this was a common thing. Just you know, for whatever reason this particular instance in this particular year in 1692 is what stuck out in people's minds. And so he, he touches on that, but really the book ends up being kind of a travel log for what the options are for the, the casual and even the uh, committed tourist in Salem, Massachusetts, including a number of sites that um, kind of view the celebration of the witch trials as a, uh, historically or artistically vulgar celebration and, and refuse to have anything to do with it and instead focus on the history and the artifacts and the stories and the lore of the area that have nothing to do with that time period from 300 some odd years ago which yeah that's 327 years uh, as of 2019 so anyway interesting book uh, it got a little bit dry as it went on um, but it was good the Hobbit by Tolkien. Usually in the autumn, I always reread some uh, some Tolkien, and in this instance, I got an audiobook from the library that was a dramatized radio version, so full cast audio and that kind of thing. That's really cool. My wife and I are about to start working our way through the extended editions over the next couple of months of the original trilogy. Uh, the October Country by Ray Bradbury, a collection of short stories of his that I'd never read before, and man, that guy could do horror. Holy crap, there was one of them especially called The Next in Line. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but damn, like that one, I, when the when that story ended, I was like, okay, I'm going to need a break from this. It's really good, like psychological, spiritual horror in a sense. Never Cry Wolf by Farley Moat. Uh, this was a book 
that was referenced in another book I was reading, which uh, I'll do an episode on this month, Brian's Winter, uh, reading those with my son. And um, Brian has to learn something about wolves, and he had read about wolves in uh, a book by Farley Moat. And I was like, oh, I'll look this up and see what it is. And so we'll we'll talk about that one when I do the Brian's Winter episode. Uh, I also did a reread of The Revenant by Michael Punke, Punke, Punky. And uh, then finally got around to watching the movie. The movie was different in a lot of ways. Um, some good, some not good. Uh, probably the most not good was the fact that I really got to try hard not to change my mental picture of Hugh Glass to where it actually looks like Leonardo DiCaprio because like, I know he won an Oscar and everything, but I just don't buy Leo DiCaprio as a, a rugged, never-say-die mountain man. And I just, I mean, I just don't buy him as a rugged, tough guy. And I'm probably in the minority of people that think he's not really a great actor anyway, not because of his, you know, political stuff or his environmental stuff. I just think he overacts. Like, he tries way too hard to sell it every time he's on screen. And he looks like a guy who's trying to act like he's not acting, but you can still tell that he is. So I read the book in 2016, loved it. And then I saw the movie and it changed my mental picture of Hugh Glass. I still use Tom Hardy in my head as a picture of John Fitzgerald that works. Um, but a propos of nothing, least of all Batman. I'm, I'm trying now to change the picture of Hugh Glass in my head to Christian Bale. It just seems like I, like I can buy Christian Bale as rugged. I can't buy Leo DiCaprio as a mountain man. But that's my two cents. The Revenant, excuse me, is still an awesome, awesome book. And uh, definitely held up on a second reading. And then another book that I reread was A Princess of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs. That's the first in the John Carter of Mars series. I've uh, also got the second one of that series on hold. I, I've only read the first one. I saw the, the movie in 2012 when it came out. Totally loved it. And uh, I'll I'll do a full episode on on those once I've read. I think probably I'm going to wait until I do the first three books in that series because it's a it's a pretty well contained trilogy from what I understand. And that is it for the end of October report. But stay tuned because this episode is a car crash of the end of October report and tales from the road. What have I got for you today? Well, six years ago. Let's let's jump in the Wayback Machine. Let's go to 2013. Um, I was firmly in the throes of Canada runs when I was working for Castle Cargo. And uh, some of my Facebook memories popped up this week. And uh, one of them in particular was one that I had forgotten was this week. I, I knew that it happened while I was in Canada, but the particulars of it had escaped me. So... Um, for, for close to a decade, my sister worked at a, uh, financial advisor's office, uh, and she was working on taking this test that she could only take so many times in a year where she would then be licensed to be like a stock trader and, and stuff. And, um, this was a real beast of a test. I mean, she'd, she'd been working on it legitimately since like 2010 and 2011 or so. And uh, there were even times when she came over to my house or stopped by my brother's work when I was working for my brother and, um, you know, would ask us for a blessing, uh, something we do in our church. Um, and even though my sister had been 
you know, out of the church for, for years, she had decided not to pursue that in adulthood. Um, it, it was moving to me. It was kind of humbling to me that she would ask for, for that. Um, you know, that she still had enough of confidence in that, that it would give her help to get, to get that test passed. And, and yet it was, it was so frustrating to find out that, um, that she hadn't passed it every time she set out to take it. She kept getting better, but she still kept falling short. So, um, I, I took it on me as she was asking me for help to be a little bit, you know, more engaged in her studying and, and help her even while I was out on the road. So, um, I sent her a list of, of tips for when I was studying something, whether it was in school or when I was on my mission and said, Hey, try this, try this, try this. And while I was in Canada, um, the data plan on my phone was, I didn't, I didn't have data. That's back when, you know, data internationally was like 15 bucks a gig. Um, I would say, look, you know, I, I, I can't get online, but you can text me and you can call me. And, uh, October 30th, um, I had stopped for the night in Nanton and, uh, usually I would stay up and do a little bit of writing or I would, you know, if I was in Nanton, I was parked close enough to the truck stop, I could use their Wi-Fi and I'd watch something. Um, but I remember on this night I took a while and I would, I would text her questions from her study guide. She had sent me her study guide. I had it on my computer. I would text questions to her and she had to text me the answers back. And she started getting so much better at it that, um, I was wondering, I was like, okay, so are you seriously giving me the answers as you know them, or are you just reading them off of your study guide? And no, she sent me the list of flashcards that she'd been using, which was a, a pointer that we had talked about. And, and, um, I was just really impressed to see how well she was doing with it. Even her boss had told her like, you know, he was, he was kind of flummoxed that she wasn't passing the test because he knew from working with her that, she knew the material well enough. She had a working knowledge of it. It was just, you know, anybody who's ever bombed a test on something they're good at knows how frustrating that could be. But, you know, my sister told me, and I, I mentioned this on Facebook, just that she was, she was going up against this hard test and, um, and she told me that she loved me for helping her. And I'd forgotten that she'd said that. I remember her saying that she was grateful. It was just something that, that hit me hard. And it's one of those things where you look back at something that you did and you think, you know, I was I was a little bit better back then than I am now. I was a little bit more selfless, I guess. Um, and I don't want to blame it on the fact that, well, I have more kids now and my life is busier now and so on and so forth. I I think I could take a little bit more time to help somebody else with something like that. Um, seeing what it meant to her was, you know, in retrospect now, even, even more meaningful. She never did pass that test, but she also never quit. And that's something that I need to know right now because uh, I've been working at Turdwater for almost two and a half years and um, I've been passed over a couple of times for promotions there 
or for better jobs outside the company. In fact, I just found out today that the job that I really wanted, that's 10 minutes from my house and that would have gotten me in the $80,000 a year range and was a, a much more manageable level of physical labor, all that, massive sign-on bonus, everything, I didn't get it. Um, you know, they, they tell us that they value drivers with a good record and all that, and apparently there's somebody out there with a better record than mine, and I've got to live with that. So it's it's frustrating, and I spent a lot of time today being pissed off about that, and then as I was thinking about what to talk about tonight on this episode, I, I realized, you know, this must be how Moray felt every time she got the results from that test, and it said fail, but she went right back and hit the books, and she didn't quit, and that needs to be my lesson. The very next day, going back to 2013, because um, like I said, that was October 30th. We we texted that night, and then I went to sleep, and I went and made my delivery in Calgary, did another pickup. I think I probably made it back to Bonners Ferry that day. But that week, I had to go through some uh, rural back roads in Alberta, and uh, these are two-lane forest highways where uh, they were doing expansion work or maintenance work or something. And because it was Halloween... Uh, they, you know, they'd shut down traffic one way. And so you'd end up hitting one of these roadblocks and you'd have to stop and wait five, 10 minutes for it to open up. And then your lane would go through and you'd drive through a fleet of Canadian roadworks flaggers. I want to say DOT, but it's MOT. It's the Ministry of Transportation because they're secretly British. They just refuse to admit it. But as I drove the truck through the flaggers, I noticed they were all wearing zombie makeup like all the flaggers had come to work with like their faces kind of you know painted white and their eyes darkened and like you know blood and stuff fake blood on the on their faces and they they do like kind of the zombie motions as they were waving you through and i love halloween uh tonight was a great one spoiler alert yeah i'm filming this in halloween you guys are going to get it in the morning i love halloween especially now that my kids are getting into it more um last several years we've just done the trunk or treat at the park across from our house because we have a great neighborhood watch that uh organizes it and, and um it was just a blast uh but tonight was the first night that i actually took my kids out and walked around door to door and they just loved it all the houses were decorated to the nines and and it was great and i i didn't get that that year in 2013 because i was out over the road but those Canadians that showed up to work in zombie makeup they they got a salute from brother trucker that day so good good for them and uh good good for finding a way to celebrate it and still have fun even with the uh the sometimes drudgery of of ongoing blue collar work so that's the lesson for for today never give up the road never ends and uh doesn't stop till you're dead, I guess. So might as well be the best that you can be in that time. That's it for today. Um, November is fully underway. Episodes are going to continue as scheduled. Um, I'm already thinking about some changes that I'm going to make in 2020, but uh, I, I think I'll, I'll keep the uh, keep the current model going throughout the remainder of the year. 
In November, I'm going to finish a first draft of my next book, which is uh, it's going to be called With Answerable Courage. It's a Thanksgiving-themed book. And with some of the books that I'm going to talk about this month, you'll see where, where that title and that concept comes from. But until then, I'm a little bit long on this double episode, so I will leave you to it. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your Halloween hangover. Enjoy the beginning of November. Look forward to that long weekend in four weeks where we get to think about everything we're thankful for. We get to eat a mountain of food. We're going to watch some football on TV. We're going to take the weekend off. And we're going to focus a little bit more on what we have to be grateful for instead of getting passed up for another job. Because this is America, and there's still always a better job out there. Till then, guys, drive safe. See you out there.